0: You are listening to the single most inconsistent podcast in the history of podcasts Confessions of an Angry Metalhead. And today we're going to discuss my seeing Jerry Cantrell. This is All Hail Riff God, Jerry Cantrell, live at the Music Box at Borgata, Atlantic City, New Jersey, April 2nd, 2022 it had been nearly 12 years since i last saw jerry control alongside alice and chains in madison square garden before that i had seen alice once earlier at terminal 5. that show was an absolute religious experience as well as a dream come true no one ever imagined that alice would ever get back together following the death of lead singer lane staley it's hard even now to describe how surreal their return was and still is. But then there's Jerry's solo career. You see, there's a reason his solo career holds a major significance in my life. It's because if it wasn't if it weren't for my hearing cut you in, I would have never bought Boggy Depot. If I never bought Boggy Depot, I would have never been floored by not just the intensity of his rhythm and lead guitar style, but especially his songwriting. And if it wasn't for any of that, I would have never given Allison Chains a chance. In my formative years, while my friends in high school were busy sucking Cobain's dick long after he blew his brains out, I was enamored in everything involving the one Seattle guitarist who was overshadowed by yet. Far more talented than that bitch. You're hearing me correctly. For any of you listening to this who's new to this podcast or the blog that this coincides with, fuck Kurt Cobain and anybody that looks like him. Maybe you should rewind that and hear me say that again so it fucking sinks in. You let me know. Jerry, along with Zach, Dimebag, Mustaine, and Iommi, had a major impact on my guitar playing and he still does today with boggy depot i worshiped jerry when people were either unaware of him or simply didn't give a shit, and to this day that to me is a crime that's why i was looking more forward to this than i was when i saw him twice with alice i was far more excited for this than i was to see zach a few months ago which i did write about and talk about on this podcast this was bound to be special because we all knew he'd break out songs that we his true fans never thought we'd hear again and he sure didn't fail to deliver although there was something about this that had me wondering which i'll eventually get to around get to discussing the music box the borgata Borgata casino venue in which jerry played was significantly smaller than what i imagined it was far more intimate which meant i'd be able to go to the front of the stage without any kind of security stopping us which i did and that's when i found to the side of the stage was his floor effects his pedals and he had a talk box with the fly from the brighton cd cover on there his old rota that he's had since facelift and his brand new uh Signature WAP pedal from Dunlop. Okay, the WAP pedal is not new, but is a brand new design to coincide with the record release for Brighton. You bet your ass I was tempted to at least touch the WAP pedal, but I chose to be smart. The opener was Lola Collette, whose sound is decidedly different from what you would expect from someone opening for someone like Cantrell. She's very talented, don't get me wrong, but she does sound like she would have fared better in the mid-90s. I can only imagine that she got the gig thanks to her history with Tyler Bates, Jerry's co-guitar player for this tour. She's a multi-instrumentalist playing bass, guitar, and one hell of a piano. She's actually very accomplished. But let's just say that even with that big nose of hers, she received equal parts applause for the music and catcalls. Um, then God came on and he was amazing. I have a video that I might be able to try and, uh, put a link to in the podcast where Tyler Bates starts off with playing the guitar with a violin bow, Jimmy Page style. The whole band comes on and then they break into your decision, which was interesting for me to hear because... My previous band covered Your Decision in 2010. One of my favorite songs off Black Gives Way to Blue. The set list after that is as follows. Between from Boggy Depot, uh, Brighton, Them Bones, Psychotic Break, Cut You In from Boggy Depot, My Song from Boggy Depot, Siren Song, No Excuses, Black Gives Way to Blue, Had to Know, Heaven Beside You? Prison of Doubt, Angel Eyes from Degradation Trip, Wood, and then came an encore of A Tone, where Tyler Bates came out and played played guitar with the violin bow again, Man in the Box, Rooster, and Goodbye, the Elton John song that closes Brighton. So the pros. I was never a fan of the Dillinger Escape Plan. But being in Jerry's band has certainly provided Greg Pachado a chance to show what he's capable of doing outside of his former band. No diving off of balconies or off stages into the ocean here. He was a tad pitchy at times, but you could feel his passion and energy and I now understand why Dillinger drummer Gil Sharon urged Jerry to reach out to Greg. Greg was given the lead for them Bones, Man in the Box, and Rooster. And he did things that not even current Alice singer William Duvall can do. And that's no offense to William. William's amazing. Jerry took advantage of his expanded band, which included a lap steel guitarist and a piano player, to not only perform several tracks off Brighton, but to pull off rarely heard Alice tracks. I never thought I'd ever hear Heaven Beside You live. I certainly didn't expect Alice to ever perform. Black is way to blue in a live, heavy, concert setting. And I honestly wish he didn't pull it out last week as of 2019 black is way to blue the song, not the album, but the song itself is one of two tracks that trigger memories of my now deceased brother. And I'm getting a little, um, choked up thinking about it now. So hold up. So it was the last thing I needed to hear in a crowd that big. As you you can see, if I'm able to uh, um, add the link to the video in this description, he sure had a funny way of singling out everyone who wasn't standing. I imagine everyone just wanted to absorb this ultra-rare moment of seeing Jerry in a solo capacity again, but he just was not having it. Jerry himself was in top form, man. His voice was fucking incredibly strong, And his guitar playing was fucking godlike, man. Everything he did was intense. Everything he did was absolutely effortless. Everything. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. You don't need to be a Steve Vai fucking level guitar player to connect with your audience. And that's no disrespect to Steve. Steve's a god. The cons. Did you hear how many Owl songs are in that set list? And that's an actual complaint. A lot of people are making at least on the YouTube uh, videos from this tour. I love this show. I get that Jerry had a golden opportunity to pull out certain Al's tracks and he took full advantage, but on the flip side, he had a huge, huge opportunity to perform a deep dive of his solo records. One of which, Degradation Trip, is a, so- a double album. And he didn't do that. I loved hearing angel eyes. I loved hearing psychotic break live. But it would have been a real treat to have heard Hellbound, "Spider Bite," or even Pig. And that's just a minor complaint for me, though. What matters more than anything else is that this was a very rare privilege. And who knows if he's ever going to do this again. So if you're one of those YouTubers bitching that he allegedly didn't sound good or he didn't play enough of his own solo shit. Oh, fuck you. Just go get a fucking sex change already. You fucking cunts. That's the end of this podcast. Uh, don't check back for more because to be frank, I fucking don't do not know when the fuck I'm going to be able to do this again. If you don't like that, suck my dick.